0: Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money only on Money FM 89.3. You know, I was reading a study by Oracle that said the Singapore workforce finds 53%, 53% of the Singapore workforce feels they have lost control over their futures. 33% of the workforce say they are struggling financially. The U.S. Department of Labor reporting 2.7 percent of the workforce quit their jobs in April 2021, the highest level ever recorded. So what's leading to this mass exodus of workers globally? And if you're an employer, what do you have to know to pivot so that your place of work isn't one that repels people? It is one that attracts people, because that's the reality today, right? What? What's leading to this mass exodus and what are the lessons here? Dr. Vincent Chandra Winata is founder of Renovar Show. He is an entrepreneur and an employer himself, and he's passionate about this topic. Good morning, Dr. Vince.
1: Good morning. How are you, Michelle?
0: I'm doing really well. Now tell me, why are you so passionate about this particular topic?
1: I think it was all obviously I like to be on topic when I when I have a discussion or a chat or catching up with my friends now that Sydney is open. However, one particular thing that I read that really made me think about works, workforce, employer, employee, and work-life balance is that I read somewhere, I can't remember who wrote this uh, quote, but basically the quote says that the the issue with people today is that people use good people instead of cherishing them. And that really hit home for me because I, I remember the times when I was an employee and as well as now, when I am dealing with big corporations who probably don't think of Renovati or myself as someone that is significant enough. And I think there are a portion of them who think that if they can use us, they will use us. And unfortunately, during the pandemic and during the lockdown, a lot of employers feel that just because you don't have to travel for work, you don't have to spend time and money to commute, they expect us, employees, to put in more, to, to, to put extra hours, to put extra effort into uh, delivering works and results. And unfortunately, during this pandemic time, people don't really have the time to think about other jobs. People probably felt that, oh, I don't have any other options. However, as we start to open up or when when the burdens start to pile up, people, it puts everything into perspective people have an epiphany in thinking that if this is going to go on for another 12 months or 24 months maybe it's time to 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 take a step back and reevaluate our life in terms of the work and life balance and i think this is the 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 main factor that makes people rethink what they want to do with their lives including their job because it, it is part a major part of someone's life
0: well said, especially, um, that point that, you know, people are feeling the transactional nature of relationships, feeling used and rejecting that. We don't want to be used, we want to be cherished. If you're in charge of talent, you want somebody who's going to groom your talent, not treat you transactionally and say, if you're coming to the workplace, you've got to do this, 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 this more, Uh, take it or leave it, because that's what we expect of you. So the study by Oracle that I mentioned shows 85% of Singaporeans feel stuck professionally and personally. What do you think employees can do knowing that?
1: I think from the flip side, as as an employer myself, I think there is an an inevitable feel and pressure to push your employees to perform better during the pandemic because like many other businesses, uh, our business is also facing challenges that is posed by pandemics and the residual impacts of pandemics. For example, do you know that the price of container ship is actually going as high as 20 times more than uh, before before the pandemic? So obviously, as a company, as an employer, we do feel the, the pressure to perform more. And without knowing it, possibly, I probably imparted that to my employees and to my team. However, the difference between maybe us uh, compared to other employers who, who heard or expected too much from their employees is that i realized that very quickly to make sure that my team also are aware that the reason why we have to perform more is not because we want to expect more out of them or 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 exploit more out of them but as a company we are a team like you said michelle it's a two-way street we want to be able to grow together and luckily for us they understand that i understand that however there are other companies, because I speak to my friends as well, there are other companies who sort of kind of get stuck in this toxic environment as to expecting the employees to do more without giving good feedback, feedback without giving uh, good rewards to their, to, to their employees. And I think that's the reason why people feel stuck. And not to mention, uh, during this pandemic, people have more time to really look into their lives and maybe... All this time in the past decade, they have been working, they have been paying their bills, however, not in, the, not in the sector or not in the field that they feel passionate about. And a lot of these people, they feel that this pandemic or, or, or this um, lockdown mm-hmm. is serving as a reset button, not only to their lives, but also to their career. And I, I applaud them because if you feel stuck and if you're feeling unhappy about your job, you should do something about that. You can either move within your organization, which I always think is probably the first thing that you have to look into. However, if it's a toxic working environment, you have to do something about that because at the end of the day, everyone, including myself, is replaceable in the workforce. You don't want to be one of the uh, "Quote unquote slaves in the company that will th- th- that you sacrifice yourself for the company, but you're not getting anything back in return. So you have to make sure that you take care of yourself as well."
0: Good point. Forty one percent of the global workforce, uh, according to study, I think Oracle has has considered quitting or changing professions this year. Can businesses do anything to retain these employees, or is this a structural sea change that we're seeing?
1: I think you you can't change uh, you can't change what your employee wants. However, you need to make sure that you are not alienating your employees or your team uh, team members. Because as I said, you are only as good as uh, everyone in your company. And one thing that is also really interesting to see here is that when a, a portion of the team member or a portion of the company quit or resign, that actually can be a start the start of official cycle because uh, it is quite hard and difficult to replace everybody who leave the company immediately so what it means is that the remaining team member will have extra workload because the the, the, the workload for the entire team or entire company remains the same so we have as an employer we have to be really wise and really strategic in terms of handling this situation because you don't You can't cry over spilled milk, Mm -hmm. but you have to make sure that the remainder of your team feels appreciated and you don't burn them out in terms of workload.
0: Absolutely. Especially workplaces, um, you know, sometimes I wonder if employees understand that those of us coming to work, actually have more to do on a daily basis because there are less people at work. And so you're taking on more responsibilities. And then there are all these cultural yes. requirements as well that need to be met for you know, cleanliness or the safety of others. But how you enforce that by saying disciplinary action will to be taken against you if you don't do this, 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 this that, just leads to such a, a toxic, hostile work environment. That doesn't have to be that way. There are choices that employers can make when communicating these requirements. you know. And it's about sensitivity and just empathy, really.
1: Yes, exactly. And also a uh, long, long time ago when I first started the business, I learned something that straight talks are meant for straight understanding. So sometimes before the pandemic, we have all this time to beat around the bushes and go, go around the circle before actually delivering what we were meant to say. Uh, now we don't have time for that and i think everyone not only the employer employee relationship in any relationship i think each and every party appreciate it when you speak your mind when you actually say something the way that you the way that you mean it in ten, uh, instead of sugarcoating it the delivery needs to be right however the messaging remains the same if you want to say hey uh, our company is down by 20% in terms of sales, because people are not coming to the physical stores. Mm. Why don't we work together to build up our online uh, branch of of the business? And Mm -hmm. I think if you create a a, a good, healthy environment for all of your employees and team members, they feel that too, because as much as we want, as an employer, we want uh, the company to grow. If they like the company, if they feel appreciated, People who work in the company, they want the company to grow too because as the company grows, they, they, they grow as well, not only from, from the money perspective, but also from the experience. For example, when we first started, Renault Factory didn't have an experience with big retailer. Mm. But uh, now that we are in the biggest retailer in Australia, Walmart. it gave, mm-hmm. uh, Woolworths, Woolworths, it gave the opportunity, uh, <laughs> that's okay, you're, you're just saying things that will happen next year. Hopefully, we'll be in Walmart too. <laughs> Uh, so, what I'm saying is that 12, 12 months ago or 18 months ago, uh, my team member probably didn't have the opportunity to talk and deal with the biggest retailer in Australia. Right. But now they do. And uh, luckily for us, they, they choose to remain with us. And then maybe next year they will have the opportunity to work with Walmart in the US. Mm-hmm. So, I feel that it is a two way relationship. As much as I want you to do well, employees should wish their company to do well too because uh, if the mothership is doing well, everyone on the ship should do well as well. Only, if, it,
0: only respons- if that doing well also translates to people um, lower on the ranks of authority, also feeling that they're buoyed, you know, when the whole ship moves up, that everybody and that responsibility, moves up as well.
1: That responsibility lies on the shoulder of the captain. The ship can only... Do well if the captain does well. There is a saying: the fish rots from the head. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, when the head is doing well and doing its job properly, everybody should feel the benefits of the company growing too. Because being a leader, being a leader is actually more than just leading or inspiring people. Being a leader actually means, to in my opinion, actually means that how you make someone feel better about themselves, how you make someone uh, feel inspired to do more, not because you ask them to, but because they want to.
0: Interesting analogy, fish rots from the head, because I think meritocracy is at the heart of what allows for a healthy workplace when people understand that people are in power because they deserve to be there as opposed to being good friends with the boss.
1: Yes, that is very, very true.
0: Let's pivot to an understanding of what this whole mass migration, people leaving their jobs en masse around the world, this global feel you know, almost. What does this mean for the employee? How can we regain a sense of control over our professional futures?
1: I think planning is key. I was listening to one of the program that you had uh, on Many FM last week uh, because I was testing out the um, the podcast. Uh, and one of the things I can't remember the, the entirety of the, uh, of, of the of the of the sure. program, mm-hmm. but basically it says that planning is a key, mm. be it. Uh, in any case, be it running your company, be it starting a company or, or, or investment. You have to plan really well. The reason why I said in this particular case, planning is the key is because while it feels good and passionate when you suddenly say that, OK, I'm going to pursue my dream and just leave this job, mm-hmm. it is much better for you to have job line, jobs lined up before you take that plunge, before you take that leap of faith. I applaud people to pursue what they are passionate uh, about. However, you need to be uh, wise and smart about that too because at the end of the day, you need to pay your bills or you have responsibilities. So I think you have to balance the passion as well as being realistic. So in order to do that, you have to strategically plan that. That's the reason why at the beginning of of the segment I mentioned that when you want to move into doing other jobs or roles, look within the company, mm. look within your organization, because the organization or the company may be a good environment for you to grow. You're probably just stuck in the wrong department. If you, if you have more passion about arts, don't be in the warehouse. Or if you, if you have more sense of mathematics, don't be in the art department, don't be in the marketing. Maybe logistic department is more suitable for you. So... My suggestion is to look inside your organization before you go out and then venture else, elsewhere.
0: So marry your passion with pragmatism and sometimes you don't have to look too far over that fence for greener grass. It could just could be next door. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and on that note that you say about grass, uh, I also have something that I want to share. Mm. People say that the, 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 the grass next door is greener. I will challenge that. The grass is greener where you water it. So maybe sometimes don't look into someone else's backyard or front lawn. Make sure that you you water your grass because the key to greener grass is to water it.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Where are you putting your focus? Where are you putting your attention? And what are you um, helping grow? What can you help grow? Yes. Which aspect of your of your skills, your job, your company? Now, do you think? When we take a step back, and we've all dealt with so much change over these past couple of years with COVID, do you think the pandemic has brought anything positive to the workplace at all?
1: I think so. I think people uh, people should use this opportunity to not only be more grateful, but also to really take a pause and look into their lives. I mean, the great exodus is one of, in my opinion, one of the positive things that comes out from from, from the pandemic. But more than that, I really think that people need to stop being lazy. People mm-hmm. need to stop using the excuse that they are time poor mm-hmm. and they, so that they can't do A, B, or C. You save at least 20 to 40 minutes. That's the average, I think, uh, from one of the surveys from just working from home. So use that 20, or 40, 20 to 40 minutes every day to really invest in what you're passionate about. You can't say that, oh, I'm an author, I'm a writer. My dream is to write a book. How many sentences have you written? So passion and dreams, I think, are muscles. You have to use them. You have to train them every day. And stop thinking or dreaming about your big break. A lot of people, especially young people, young entrepreneurs, or people who just started out in the workforce, they always talk about I'm waiting for my big break. One day this will come. As someone who I think is quite successful in turning my passion into a legitimate business, I'm, I'm telling you, there is no such thing as big break. Everything was built from smaller breaks. I would have never gotten into Woolworths if I didn't have our previous retailer, which is Mr. vitamin uh, I wouldn't have had Mr. Vitamins if I didn't have a successful online business. So I think... People sometimes are looking too far in the future or dreaming too highly about big breaks and they forgot that all these big breaks and all of these big announcements, all of these big celebrations, they're built from little things. Little things, little routine that you do every day, that matters.
0: Fantastic. I think, though, to be honest, some people are so beaten down sometimes by their toxic workplaces toxic employers, abusive supervisors, that they forget that there's more that they can imagine for themselves. So I think it starts with almost allowing yourself to to remember what it is that you like doing that you want to do. Yes. And then seeing how your behavior aligns with that. What are you actually doing to get there?
1: Yes. I am I am all for believing in yourself. I, I am I am all for having faith in you in what you can do. However y- as well as being yourself's biggest cheerleader, you also have to be yourself, better a, a biggest critique. Because when you look into, into the mirror in the morning and you say that you want to be such and such or you want to make more money, mm-hmm. I feel that while you put that out into the universe, you have to take it in as well and invest in yourself. Because if you love yourself that much, you will spend time, you will put effort into investing in your dreams. And every little thing that you do, that is not wasting your time. That is investing in your dreams. If you can spend an hour or two hours binging the Squid Game on Netflix, you can spend 20 to 40 minutes to learn new language. If you really want to go and, and, and live in Paris, learn French. You Let can't me, just say that I wish to live in Paris and mm-hmm. not being able to speak the language. Let
0: me ask you this, uh, Dr. Vince, what was the biggest and most important skill that you needed to invest in when it came to yourself to making it as a as a successful entrepreneur? What was that skill that I you had to invest in, do be, you think?
1: Being yeah. resilient. And if there is one thing that I can I can learn from my years as an academic and researcher is that I'm very resilient towards the word knowing. I'm I have I'm probably one of the youngest person or uh, researchers uh, in in my field that holds a patent to a technology. However, that technology was only one successful experiment. People like to talk about that, but people forget that there are one million failed experiments before I actually reach the the, the experiment that actually worked and succeeded. So I think young people, everyone actually, we need to be able to be resilient towards the words no. Just because you get 99 no's, the 100th question could be a yes, uh, sorry, answer can be a yes. And that yes can change your life. But that yes will not have happened without the 99 no's. So I think being resilient is the most important skill, because I feel that a lot of people, you, you use the word beaten down, feel that they're so beaten down and they feel that they, they, they're hopeless. They lose their hope. Um, and I can understand that because I said, I said the other day that I, d- I do not envy fresh graduates uh, in 2020, 2021, and 2022. Yeah. Because not only they have to compete with their peers, they have to compete with all of these people who just did the great, great exodus with 15 to 20 years experience. So I do not envy them. However, you have to be resilient because at the end of the day, sometimes it is about who stays the longest in the game. It's not about who is the strongest or the smartest, who puts in the work, who who, who really basically like a dog with a bone. And as long as you know that that's what you you want to do, I don't think there is anything wrong with with feeling stuck or getting stuck in, in, in your hustle.
0: So feel stuck and do something about it anyway. Dr. Vince, a whole host of great insights from you today. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Michelle. Have a great day.
0: And you. We've been discussing the mass exodus of workers globally and what employers can do to shift from being a workplace that repels to a workplace that attracts. You're here with me on MoneyFM. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.